Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, and the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network's on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give it seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity? I'm gone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 216th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz, and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how has your week been? Dude, let me tell you first thing, it is great to hear your voice. I did the show by myself last week just because of Thanksgiving and all that kind of stuff and that was not my favorite thing to do so i feel you man i, I was uh, sad i didn't get to be on there to talk about uh, uh the paper because it was a lot of fun so, so yeah we got to talk about the show it was fun uh fun to get everything out there but it's great to have you back i am doing well the last time i was on the show i was on the way to meet mark hamill you yes. know and uh it, it, the mission uh, uh mission accomplished i met luke skywalker i met mark Hamill. I met the Joker. Joker. Yeah, I I guess to a younger generation, the Joker. Uh, To me, Luke Skywalker. Uh, Yeah, I, I, it was, he was so, first of all, so, so, so (laughs) short. So, so short. I like, and like this guy, you know, when I was young, I didn't really know what Star Wars is, but it came on before rest stuff. So I, Luke Skywalker, I, you know, Mark Hamill's like, man, it's like, I looked up to him, but I was looking down at him when I turned 12, I guess. That dude's not tall at all, but He's super entertained. Naturally, we went to like his kind of like one man show Friday night, and he had the natural charisma. I, I think he could tour it. I mean, him just sitting there talking about life, stuff he's done, people he's talked to was just so entertaining. It had been a very, it was, I actually had a 26 hour day. Uh, unlike Hulk Hogan, I, it was math. Because uh, when I flew from Oklahoma City to San Francisco, I gained two hours. There you go. So I literally had a 26-hour day. So I'm sitting there watching the show, and I'm exhausted. I don't know how I'm going to make it. But that dude was so natural, tainy, and funny. Kept me awake. I dozed off my bed. But uh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was exhausted. It was, you know, okay. So you know when you listen to comedians, and a lot of the punchlines that are, that are funny. But sometimes, like, they have it where they're telling the story to set up what the joke is going to be. Right. And it's just like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just, it, the, the setup didn't come quick enough for me. I, 
<laughs> yeah, I passed it. No, but it was very entertaining. Met him the next day, got our picture with him. Super happy to be there. He, they were just like, no touching. They were like stripper rules. They were like, no touching, no this, no that. <laughs> Mark Hamill, as soon as he, the first person grabbed, he grabs him, gives him a big hug, and takes the picture. Yeah, like, he initiated the contact. You didn't have to ask for anything if people wanted their hug pick. Uh, it was, you know, it was Tiff, Tiffany. Uh, I, I when I met Tiffany, which is I guess it'd be during the first year of AEW when I'm so thousand nine. So she had not met any Star Wars, mm-hmm. any, and and no, and I really didn't care about meeting. But I remember I was talking about how she hadn't met him. Oh no, we're fixed. We're fixing that. It started off with me getting a rape part Funko signed for, and then since then we have met. Good Lord, so many people. I uh, know. Now Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen, now Mark Hamill. Rosario Dawson, uh, Tamora Morrison, uh, Ashley Eckstein, which I believe is like her favorite person, Star Wars, uh, voice of the uh, cartoon Ahsoka. So, so many different people that we met. Star Wars collection is great. I wouldn't even say I'm a, I love Star Wars. I've seen like all the stuff in the Star Wars universe. I don't think I've watched Clone, but other than that, I've pretty much watched everything in the Star Wars universe. So, I do like Star Wars, but I am definitely not the fan Tiffany was. My journey to Star Wars all came from trying to make sure she met all the people Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, that was a bucket list moment for her. You know, uh, I, you know, even when, even when they announced, it was like, we're going. And it was like, it was, it, there was no doubt in my mind we had to go. And, yeah, San Francisco Fan Expo, three stories up and down, really good time. Uh, Tamora Morrison, who plays Boba Fett, really nice and humble. You would not know he's famous. And it was a funny story. Uh, there's this uh, movie called Couples Retreat starring Vince Vaughn and John yep. Favreau and all that stuff. So during the movie, they're at this retreat and there's this guy just banging the gong. That's all he does the whole movie. It's Boba Fett. <laughs> That's literally all he does. He does not talk. He does not act. He literally, they just... Close to the same amount of lines that he has in the actual trilogy. Yes. Boom. And he just gongs. And it's like, I wonder when doing that, during this period of time, did he know he was going to be starring in his own Disney uh, Disney Plus? Probably not. He's like, like, dude, I do this for fun when I have time. And it's like, now you're like, like people are lined up, meet, get a pitch, Boba, you are Boba Fett. You're not like just the guy that was in the movie for a few seconds you have your own character people care about you so i, I dug that the fact that i've met uh boba fett and finish and both cool added added to my pop collection also uh the con had a pop uh young uh young leia with so vivian lyra uh blair was there played young leia on on uh so, oh it's called a play that and i got her to sign that so i now have a nice star wars signed pop hell yeah yeah so yeah it was it was fun weekend it was it was celebrating tiffany's birthday i'm gonna say happy birthday to tiffany really she doesn't yes. listen to the show but her birthday, birthday. Is, this show comes out on her birthday december 1st so happy birthday tiffany glad i got to spend that weekend with you. got to eat a lot of good food we watched probably <laughs> the subject of our first conversation uh survivors uh series together it was uh it was a good weekend it was a perfect oh yeah, yeah. and the and the chiefs of florida state there it was go. literally you like you could, back in the top four <laughs> yeah couldn't a- couldn't ask for a better week. that oregon could do that that uh matchup uh, this week is weekend. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. Like Oregon, Washington, Michigan winning the Big Ten championship in Florida State's game too. It's like, oh my god. Yeah, Louisville could beat Florida State just because of the quarter. Uh, we'll, we'll hope to see if they can pull it out. Um, uh, but. 
I, I will say too, um, I had a wild week because I was uh, down at Ford Field basically three times this week. I did some Lions stuff. Uh, I was able to go to the Michigan State massacre at Ford Field against uh, Penn State. That was a disaster, but was a perfect weekend though because uh, for literally no reason other than the fact that the game was being streamed on Peacock and Survivor Series War Games was this weekend, Big E was there. You know, the Iowa Hawkeye at the wrong game, even though he probably should have been getting ready for the Michigan game considering his team was going to face whoever uh, won that game. But Biggie was at Ford Field in Detroit for the uh, Michigan State-Penn State game. He after at, he was before the game banging on the giant uh, bass drum that had Big Ten uh, sun, uh, Friday night on it. And then he also got the Ford Field crowd hype right after halftime. And I literally was just standing off the side being like, the moment this man gets an opportunity to just walk by, I'm, I'm, I have to ask for it. And I was just like... Dog, am I too much of a fan? Because I got my my camera and I'm got, I'm I'm working basically. But I'm like, am I too much of a fan if I just ask for a quick picture, man? And he's like, not at all. And he was just his handler was able to take the picture for us. It's an awesome picture as well. I told him I hope he stays healthy and hope he's able to get back in the ring soon. And he said, thank you very much. Uh, so I got to meet Biggie. Love that dude to death. It was such a random occurrence. I literally saw on Instagram that he was here, and I was like, "What is he doing here? He is a Hawkeye." So shout out Biggie. I hope he. I do hope he gets to be back in the ring soon, because man, we missed that. He looked happy and healthy, you know. But uh, oh yeah. But you can look happy and healthy and not be able to, you know, fall on purpose. Well, I I still don't believe, dude, that that man has been able to heal up the way that he has injury that he suffered. Like other people land like he did would be paralyzed, and the fact that he is as healthy as he is is a blessing and i i'm just happy that he seems to be enjoying life right now i just hope that eventually you know for us fan sakes we get to see him do what he does best one last time man that standing hell yeah no uh shout out to come on back uh, absolutely. i mean as long as it's safe and healthy i'm absolutely well we got a lot to talk about on this episode of all things elite uh we're gonna get through uh the shilling real quick because you all know what you're probably expecting from at least me uh for this episode of the podcast make sure you guys download on this fine show on google or apple podcast if you listen to us on spotify wherever you choose to listen to us give us a share with your fam- friends family co-workers whoever you wish leave a rating and a review subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and you can also follow us on twitter at atpod you can also follow at social suplex uh who make this show possible and they are at social suplex check out all the other shows they have on their network i'm at austin sumowitz s-z-u-m-o-w-i-c-z floyd is at floyd johnson jr on twitter and the big news of the week sorry to say because i know floyd was talking endlessly about how he wanted this so bad not the case cm punk will not be the man under the devil mask as much as floyd has lobbied for it as much as i would have loved if that was the case is not the case. And that is simply because hell froze over and CM Punk went back to WWE after a decade, nearly a decade, his last appearance, two months after he was fired with cause from w- from AEW. CM Punk is back in WWE. Uh, I will go ahead and let Floyd talk about this, though, because we're going to give it a little bit more of an AEW focus because I know Floyd said how much he wanted it to be the devil. And he literally tweeted out from the All Things Twitter account. I was ecstatic. Floyd was heart. I will let him take uh, lead on this one before you you wait for the fanboy to give his thoughts. Okay, so I I want to be very clear with my thoughts. Um, I was heartbroken because I had not accepted CM Punk was away fire. So in this moment, in the moment where the music hits, CM Punk comes out in the WWE. Not only did uh, not only did oh CM Punk's with WWE is like all the disappointment of okay, he's not the devil. Oh, he didn't work out. So as me, I always say I am the true Def fan, fan fanatic, original Def. I I just love this so much. I love 
love professional wrestling. But AEW is my preferred brand. It literally, like, when I say this, and people were like, oh, you take stuff serious, whatever you want to do. You listen to this podcast, you know it. It broke my heart in so many different ways. It broke my heart that CM Punk and AEW couldn't work it out. I am not... I am telling you right now, I am not putting the blame on either one. It is what it is. Some relationships work. Some relationships don't. Fault to be held by all sides, all parties, whatever. I am upset. Didn't. I wanted to work out much, pretty much anything I can say of life that isn't something that I control. Uh, AEW, very impressive. I've been all in talk. So that being said, um, it, it, it shook me up. Be like, oh, couldn't. Because I've been a wrestling fan my whole life. I, uh, uh, as far as the dirt sheets and all that side of it if i don't like the media wrestling media the news site that come out and all that side of it i've been a part of at least 20 years so you know i hear all about the backstage stuff and then i watch the videos talking about stuff that happened in the 90s and it didn't seem to me an outsider a fan someone that does not work in the industry i want to make sure that it's very clear it didn't seem to me that what was going on backstage with cm punk the information we have that was going backstage with cm punk didn't seem enough to warrant him not being company it seemed like his star power would be more than any of the headache that comes so in this moment when cm showed up all of that came crushing down it's the fact that it didn't it's not that he went w that's what i mean wwe's wwe wwe going forever don't give me it was that it was the fish aw cm punk relation couldn't work out one of the happiest moments in my wrestling i'd say top five at least top five moment was cm punk coming out in the united states in the rim top five live wrestling such an emotion and the fact that it ended the way it ended it sour taste you know as far as me as a wrestler so yes i am heartened i'm still trying to, because a lot of people had accepted and probably people that have fightful and uh wrestling observer had accepted that when he was gone he's gone and they've already went through their morning process if there was one or did their victory lap but my morning process started saturday because for the life i couldn't believe for the little hey these people don't get along backstage shit that was a reason cm punk not work for aid it is what it is again i want to make it clear if i haven't i don't work in it i don't like you know like i have people that are friendly with me you know what i mean but i don't have any ties i have no secrets or uh backstage this me being a fan taking in information going where i want to go with it breaks my heart because i do think seeing the devil i don't know who the devil i don't think it's almost to the point where i don't want to speculate i just kind of want to let it happen but i don't know who the devil but um i, I don't but whoever it is to me to me me personally my personal fandom it's going to be a let because i think at this point it's adam cole I mean, honestly, I don't even think anyone else makes sense. Point. I mean, Adam Cole, I've said Britt Baker, I've said Jungle, but I don't think anyone makes sense other than Adam Cole. And while that is good, I don't think it's the game changer CM Punk would have been. And I don't think it's that. Like, right now, it does not look like there isn't, like, I felt like there have been times in the last few years, AEW very, very much on the cusp of being on that next level. I feel like this probably the further been being on this level still a quality show it still has minimum amount of viewers the world is not sinking at any way but i just think this is the furthest it has been in a while okay awesome yes um now uh i will say too i echo a lot of what the fact that cm punk and AEW could not actually come to uh 
reconcile was something that was heartbreaking. Problem is, uh, for like Floyd's going through that right now because he had basically come to terms of the fact that's like, oh no, he'll come back. So it's 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 still salvageable. I basically gave up from the moment he got fired with Call because from that point on, I was like, okay, we're done here. But then at the same time too, I was like, well, then he's done done. So I had come to the acceptance of like, okay, so we're done here. I'll just go into my corner and cry for the rest of humanity. Uh, so that was that was where I was the past two months. And yeah, I, I, I had been hopeful that he would come back as the devil because I did think that would be an absolute massive bomb if that was and it would shot rocket that feud and that storyline and give it that last bit. Just bam, man, everything hits. And then holy crap, we get MJF versus CM Punk again. But with the roles reversed, I would have loved nothing more than that. I thought it would be spectacular. But at the same time, too, I thought that was unfortunately the everything had just been so burnt down that there is no way it was going to work out. But then again, I thought the same thing with him coming back to WWE. I thought that was a possibility. And I heard everybody saying, leading up to Survivor Series War Games, coming back, he's coming back, coming back. And I was literally holding my phone in my hand watching the show. And as that little graphic showed up in the bottom right-hand corner, I was like, man, people got their hopes up so hard. But here comes everyone thinking that he's the devil. We'll go down that road and we'll do our predictions on that and we'll hope to God that's... And then the static hit and I literally dropped to my knees and screwed because it was just... You know, people lived through uh, Bret Hart coming back. People had lived through Ultimate Warrior coming back. I never lived through those. Uh, I lived through the returns. I saw Bret Hart come back to WWE, and I didn't know how big of a deal that was because it was within my first year or two of watching wrestling. And Ultimate Warrior came back. I didn't know anything about their whole shit that went down and their downfall of their relationship. CM Punk was my version of all of that. And I truly thought, never say never, you can take that and shove it. There's there He will never go back. And he did. He literally showed up on Monday Night Raw and said, I'm home. And it was the big, I had whiplash. Uh, and I want to make this very clear. I am ecstatic because my favorite wrestler is back on. T- am I heartbroken that AEW and them can work it out? Yes, absolutely. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I just like CM Punk wrestling and I like watching. It doesn't matter what he could have been in Japan. He could have been in Mexico. And I would have absolutely tuned in every single time he was on to watch that. Because, I mean, dude, that, that this is my guy. I have hitched my wagon to him and I have no intention of removing myself from wagon even after it went through a massive train fire through an orphanage I still hitched my wagon, but that does not change anything AEW. I've said to people all over the place, I have been a CM Punk fan since I started watching wrestling, and I have been an AEW fan since before they had a TV deal, and I was at all in 2018 at the Sears set. So my position changes no way. Will I watch CM Punk on WWE? Absolutely. I still keep up with what WWE does, even though I'm a hardcore big fan of AEW, and that doesn't change with my favorite wrestler being in the other company. So I myself, I've enjoyed Twitter is melting down. I get to see CM Punk. I get to buy more t-shirts and shit that I definitely don't need. But God damn it. That stupid Chicago Punk uh, hand logo. It's just so good. And I just love the fact that I have it. Uh, and I'm going to get it back, get in the mail soon. Um, but yeah, no. It, it, I will say, too, for the AEW fans. No, I did think him being the devil would be outstanding. And I did want them to make amends. Because at the end of the day, AEW is my favorite wrestling company. You put uh, CM Punk in my favorite wrestling company. Everything just becomes equally better and like floyd says floyd said him returning at the united center at the first dance at the first dance was his uh top five that was my number one and it's not even close i cried 
when I was there. And it was the best year of wrestling in my entire life from the first dance to All Out 20. And nothing will top that. I'm ecstatic to see what he does in WWE. Seth Rollins motherfucking him and flipping him off all over the place uh, when he showed up. This feud is going to be spectacular. The idea that they're actually floating around CM Punk versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. I don't know how the hell that'll look in 2024 of all things, but you know what? I'm open to it because I, that's a match I've dreamed of since I was a fan of. Um, but you know what, man? It's just wrestling's crazy. And I know some people are mad. Some people are ecstatic, elated and all that kind of stuff. I just love the fact that wrestling is at this point where it's like this type of reaction can just cause the entire world to shake. I live for these moments. I live for these moments where just everybody can't stop talking about this. And, you know, this is just... This is just one of those moments, dude. It's like, where were you when the static hit at the Prudential Center? He showed up and he walked out, plain white t-shirt and all. He was back in a WWE build yeah. the first time in nearly yeah. a decade. Yeah, I mean, in that night, uh, again, we're, we're going to go right back to AEW. Absolutely. But uh, Cody Cody wrestles in his dad's show finally. Randy Orton comes back after being gone almost two years. And he looks great, too. And what news blows that both out of the water? CM Punk. Just but he's returning. not a draw. But he's just not a needle re- just returning i mean just returning is like i forgot the stupid number of social media impressions that it oh, had yeah. like in the first oh, yeah. few he's hours bro- broken aw and wwe social media records both yeah. of them raw rating. i don't know a single wrestler who has two social media records in two separate companies again it's so crazy. i will say that the one thing i have learned all of my rest so i will move on you know i'm as upsetting as i was i've already started to like be over it but you know, good luck CM Punk in WWE. I'll be at WrestleMania, so it's not like you know I won't be seeing seeing him uh, perform. I'll be at WrestleMania, so that's the case. But you know what? Shout out to AEW. I mean, like the young AEW is you know the young pro wrestling talent. Uh, Brian Danielson made out a tweet that I've pretty much made fun of, but that his dad always said, you know, uh, what's hard, what's not, or, or what's right is not always most profitable. Uh, but it's in the end, it's what's right. And I was like, uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does, no businessman in the history of business has ever said that. <laughs> ever. Oh, the disciplinary yeah, committee is just yeah, onto yeah. a hot start. Yeah, like, no one has ever said this. And this is the man that still, still to this day, calls Vince McMahon a great man. I'm just going to throw that Hey, You know what? I want to throw that out. Because I still enjoy Brian Danielson as a wrestler. You know, don't get He's me wrong. He's one of my favorite in AEW. Yeah, yeah. He, he, great wrestler. Don't get me wrong. Or would we necessarily agree in life as far as conversations? <laughs> No, probably not. And that that's what it came down to. I thought that's whatever. I'm like, I'm like, all I would you say do know is where too, you work, right? Yeah. All, <laughs> I, all I would say too is that for people that are genuinely being like, oh my God, AEW dying because like one guy left. Like, I mean, is it a, like, listen, I would say like for, for some people, would this be a perception shifter? Yeah. No. I mean, right. it's the first AEW champion to show up in WWE. Going to be a perception shifter casuals regardless. But he hasn't but, been there in months. Exactly. You know, like, like oh. he's, it's been months. I was hoping that was also a part a part of some gimmick but even me i said it was 99.9 percent sure he wasn't the devil it was that point yeah. one percent in me that died on it's saturday it's, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. all i would say too is that for fans of aew like the thing i would always say about aew is that right now they still are and the, they're doing the right thing just heavily leaning into that alternative 
brand that they are trying to be compared to WWE. Now, they do have a lot more sports entertainment-esque stuff that they've done over the past few months, but they literally just started a tournament that is full-on New Japan, and it's started out very, very well, and I'm enjoying every second of this type of stuff that we don't see in America too often. This is the type of stuff that you set yourself up to be the counter to the established WWE. Plus, your roster is like 10 years younger than the entire WWE roster, so there's still so much growth and so much to look yeah. forward to with AEW, not yeah. just because, and I say this as a guy who loves CM Punk more than any other wrestler in, 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 in the entire history of wrestling. That is my favorite, and nothing will change that. But AEW still has so much exciting shit right now. So please, look at this on the positive. It was never going to work out. Like, there was so much drama and so much, like, just lines that had been drawn. And, like, the relationship had been scorched so bad that there was really no way of fixing. And following, listen, guys, after following All In London, the biggest show in AEW, people were talking more about CM Punk than they were about the fact that AEW had sold out the Wembley, Wembley Stadium. I think for AEW, it's a good thing, honestly, just because, you know, you get to move on. It was a nice little moment in time where CM Punk worked in AEW. He wasn't working in AEW just because of the way that the locker room was set up. And because TK didn't do the right, you didn't put these people into a room, you didn't get them to hash shit out. That's on you. <laughs> but I think TK <laughs> sees that and goes, okay, that's on me. Now let's do pro wrestling the right way. Yes. And that's what I think that they're going to be doing from this point on. Well, uh, I made the joke that if Punk and the Bucks could have just went out, sat down, and had a drink, they would have got this taken care of. But the other guy doesn't drink. So None, of know, drink. Do? None of yeah, them drink. None of them drink. None of them drink. No. No. Um, but no, uh, we we look forward to it. I, I I saw CM Punk's first match in AEW live. I saw his last AEW live. I saw his first yeah. appearance in AEW live. I saw his last appearance on Dynamite. And he won both of the matches. Well, he, wasn't, he, didn't, he didn't even wrestle in a match on Dynamite. He no, just showed up. No, I was talking about me seeing him in his first match live. Oh, yeah, 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 no, exactly. yeah, he won both of the matches. So there you go. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. And like I said, wrestling moves on. Uh, it, it, we would have been remiss if we didn't. Uh, uh, you know, like not only talk about the start, it was yes. the biggest news in and wrestling. Again, guys, like, yeah. I mean, do you know who one of this hosts, who one of the hosts of this show is? Yes. Like, well, it's, I would have walked off. We didn't at least yeah. mention. It, it, I mean, if it wasn't for FTR, I'd be sure AEW hates my favorite wrestler <laughs> at the time. My favorite wrestler in wrestling is Cody Rhodes. He started with AEW, left AEW. My favorite wrestler of all time is Arn Anderson. Started with AEW, left AEW. CM Punk was then my favorite wrestler in AEW and he got fired so there seems to be some kind of jinx on being my favorite wrestler and being in AEW just, he just stuck with Darby Allen the whole time dude Darby Allen's climbing mountain you know and it's just know, like, right? hey, yeah, he's climbing Mount Everest or whatever the hell I was just like you know so it's like I'm almost afraid like everyone knows I love FTR can't take that back I'm almost afraid to say who my new favorite wrestler is because I feel like in five months he won't be there anymore <laughs> So I'm just going to stop saying that and just be like, yeah, I really like wrestling. And I'll just hold my favorite in my in, oh, in, in, inside of me. Damn, I'm tired of losing my guys. I feel it, man. I feel you. But, all right. Yeah. All right. We'll move off of that. I'm happy CM Punk is back in wrestling because, like I've always said, wrestling is better. When people got a problem with that, I think you're way too much stock in a wrestling person. But either way, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, going through, this was the first week of the Continental Classic. We had our first few matches take place uh, on Collision. 
uh, in the Blue League. So that will get into that. Uh, the only things I wanted to talk about specifically, uh, Rampage-wise, first of all, Shibata and Yuta would nice little match, I would say. Um, uh, and then also, uh, we had our first Continental Classic matchup, which was Daniel Garcia versus Claudio Castagnoli. And in the end, the winner of that match was Claudio Castagnoli, who got the first points in the Blue League and currently is 1-0 and in the Blue League, tied for first place uh, with who ended up winning uh, later in the night. Uh, first, first of all, I just want to get my uh, my thoughts to Floyd. How have you just enjoyed the start of the Content Classic as we just got our first couple matches uh, on Rampage? I, I mean, on Collision, main. Uh, but what has been your first impressions on the way that they have presented the Content Classic? I really, because it was the one uh, Pan is not live. You know what yes. I mean? So uh, uh, their stuff made pretty much the audience there. You watch, they're allowed to tell these like third time, but yes. on TV you need time. And I do think really good match, really good. I I I think one was great, and we'll talk about that one in a minute yeah but but really good matches and i'm like the best best part is what you got forward uh got to look forward to and we've had our first upset which is really good you know that's that's, that's what, what these tournaments do best yeah, is yeah, having yeah, the upsets having yeah. people like get big uh the wor- some uh, points the worst thing it could have been is predictable so we've had an upset i i loved it i thought the matches on dynamite were really good the matches we're looking forward to this saturday are really good and so yeah I'm I'm looking I yeah uh, I am uh really ecstatic. I this has been everything I wanted it to be. And and it puts a focus on wrestling. They're like like as much as you had some entertainment stuff in it, when it, the matches mattered, their state. You didn't know who was winning. I mean, those are what I look for. Like to me this dynamite felt like a pretty much like the what a new new classic AEW dynamite's going to be. It was 60% wrestling, 40% sports entertainment and you know or, or yeah, 40% sports entertainment, and I thought, I for me, that's the perfect balance. No, and I, I think the way that they've started this, like, because this feels like, you know, the Continental Classic feels like the precursor to a massive, like, two-month-long tournament that AEW could do on the level of G. This is just the starting of, like, trying to really ramp up these types of, like, big-time tournaments that can happen. Uh, and you had to start small the first time, like, in, in America that you're doing something to the level of, like, what a G1 is. And a G1 is so much bigger than anything that you could you could not start just doing G1. Like people would not connect the way that they're starting. Six wrestlers in each league. It's easy to follow and it's simple. And the way that they presented it has been spectacular. Gives people a lot of just understanding where we are. Um, but yeah, no, great start there. Um, I love that tremendously. Um, we had also Adam Copeland, his best promo in AEW. The biggest thing I've said about Edge and Adam as is that I mean this dude has always been a spectacular promo, but it felt like he really because he went off and did some acting before he returned to WWE, and then his stuff that he did in, uh, during the pandemic where he could just really hone in on that like like really get intense, just holding the audience in their hand in his hands, like his promo that he cut after uh kill switch uh killed the boys basically uh but then he got uh proceeded to get hit with the concerto uh that was uh spectacular uh so kill switch got jumped by adam cope he was able to really just start getting right i'm going after everybody that you have uh christian and he goes ahead and just goes straight down to the barrel talking to christian cage and he said what happened to nick wayne on wednesday what just happened to kill switch because of your insecurity and he just ripped him to shreds and then called 
sold him out for Dynamite on December 6th, this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, him versus Christian Cage for the TNT Championship in Montreal. And, dude, this promo was spectacular. I loved it so, so much. Like, if you haven't seen it and you missed it because it was during uh, Survivor Series War Games, please find this promo because it is so good. And I cannot say enough about Adam Copeland's promo abilities. He's he's one of the best. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the, uh, it's funny, uh, AEW does have the room on Adam, you know. If you need it, you, you're Adam and you wrestle goals and tell you the other Adam. But yeah, Edge is, his intense promos, his promos with the direction. When there is a story to tell, I think good as anybody uh, telling story, uh, captivated, uh, angry Edge, you know, uh, and this just feels like, okay, okay, we're getting, we're, we're getting I know his name's Adam, but we're getting it, and it's time, like, we're getting, he is here in AEW, there is no, the whole, uh, newness kind of wore off, now it's like, okay, he's an arrival, uh, we're setting up for Matt Canadian, that kind of thing, he's like, oh, I'm not trying to be, you're trying to, uh, he did. Yeah, absolutely, um, moving on real quick, of course, uh, we had the, uh, TBS Championship, Julia Hart got a big first successful defense, um, and then, uh, moving forward, we had FTR versus The Righteous, and and uh, they were able to get the victory in this one. But then Malachi Black and oh, Buddy Matthews. Before we go there, I got to say, you had not seen FTR in the right. The last, the finishing uh, segment where it was like Cash was in the ring, Dax rolled out. It was just so smooth. And how they got into the Shatter Machine, just so smooth. I was like, oh my God, smooth like butter. Because I didn't see it until uh, Sunday because of all the stuff I was doing. But yes, it was one of the more amazing, uh, like one of more, uh, like flawless uh, get into like a double team move it looked like oh this could really happen in the world of professional wrestling we had kind of a real moment that was- yeah and then Malachi Black and Buddy Matthews comes up and says if we come to the ring right now nobody that's coming to the save no Claudio he called him Cesaro first so no Claudio but he actually called him Cesaro no Yuta no CM Punk so great timing on that one and then he goes see the misconception is that this place is not the brotherhood that you two thought lights go dark Let's come back on. FTR is by themselves in House of Black. First of all, can I just say that the idea of uh, uh, House of Black feuding with FTR has me heavily intrigued because it gives FTR a real thing that they can sink their teeth into. Because House of Black is spectacular. FTR is one of the best tag teams in AEW. And I've been meaning to see them get something to do. And this is definitely something that I like. I know Floyd is the gatekeeper of all things FTR, but have you been enjoying at least the little interactions with uh, House of Black? Well, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about tag team. When you have a solid tag team division, there's a main title storyline going on, and then there's one or two, maybe one or two uh, undercard storylines. And I think when it comes to the titles, for the most part, they've been booked and presented well in AEW, right? It's the secondary stuff that kind of gets lost. So the fact that FTR and the House of Black pretty much two pretty much colliders. They this is a collision uh, feud, and you know, and all of them can go. It's very exciting because I think we're gonna get a good match out of. It. And you know, I'd rather at some point have it been Kings of the Black Throne, but I get it, bro. Continent Classic, Buddy Matthew, amazing work. So I don't have a problem with that. So you got Malachi and Buddy versus FTR. I am down 
let's go. I want, you know, the regular match. I want stipulation match. I want this to be full-on tag team rival that, you know, leads to something else. Because that's when wrestling great. When you're in stories matter, match state, that's kind of stuff that I want. Like, when I talk about FTR and it's like, we're like, oh, they were holding the tag team. I was so upset with because it's not their fault that, it's not their fault that, you know, AEW hadn't done a good job of building tag to go after. You know, they don't book themselves. You know, that's how I see it. That's, I'll say that about any, when you only complain about components, how matches that they're having, they're not the ones writing shit. You know what I mean? They're like, they'll go out there and perform. They're not the ones putting the match. This one matters. This is one. I'm like, you have, uh, you have a very challenging foe and then you have it and it lets go. Anytime you want, Malachi can split the miss and get in that way. I mean, there's so many different things coming out. And FTR's the best tag. I think you're going to get really good in ring. Yeah. Um, next up. Dante Martin back from his horrific injury at Ring of Honor. Uh, was it Death Before Dishonor or was it Final Battle? Uh, no, it was Super Card of Honor. Super Card of Honor. And, and me and I, JR were there. And I got to say, shout out to Mr. Martin uh, because I, when it happened, I was like, oh, he's out a year. Crazy. It hasn't even been eight months. I know. It's crazy. It, um, so seeing him back was awesome. Very, very happy that he is uh, healthy enough to wrestle. And we'll get to his match uh, when we get to Dynamite. But holy crap, man! I can't back. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm still shocked that he came back. The amount they've healed. I mean, I guess that's that 21, 22 year old healing. You know honestly, I mean? man. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Um, we had an in ring promo with Ricky Starks and Big Bill calling out Jericho and Kenny Omega. First of all, I just wanted to mention this about how uh, Big Bill did mention his uh, uh recovery process, which I loved, and uh, he talked about uh how they were gonna embarrass him because they don't see. Uh, Jordan and Pippen when they look at those two and he just sees the dudes that hand Jordan and, and his uh, Bazooka Joe bubblegum for the starting lineups are introduced which was a nice little line and Ricky goes I don't even watch basketball I know all those people are really uh, which I thought was funny and um, so they stuck their claim towards uh, Jericho and Kenny and then want to mention too because Keith Lee cut a promo too and uh, said I'm tired of the misrepresentation and the lack of opportunity given to now I'm here to take it and when I say take it that means him you know who I want and you know uh, who you are and I mean if it's anyone other than uh, the hottest prefer- uh, hottest wrestler in AEW right now, I don't know who it is honestly guys yeah, I honestly. mean it's, it's it's Swerve I mean that's it's Swerve goddamn it, it, it has to be He's the, I mean it's like I mean we never got that blow off you know what I'm saying yeah like, they broke up and then like nothing happened so like you know they're capitalizing on it now because swerve is literally the hottest thing in aew but like you know what fair enough it, it'll still work and it gives keith lee something to do because god dang i want to see that man go um dude we've final- been waiting on keith lee to be keith lee for ever yes. i mean i mean he was in the tag team it was great and presented well and then he got sick and he had been dealing with that i mean it's not his fault it's a lot of shit you know and it, again he doesn't put himself so it's been a while i'm hoping he's healthy and everything and we can get keith lee being Lee because Keith Lee was hot. He was in NXT. He was a star. And I just like when it came to first black uh AEW champions, I wasn't thinking about, you know, Swerve at that time. I was like, oh, it's gonna be Keith Lee. So we can get that Keith Lee back. We can get that traject back. I would be great because him on that traject, Swerve on that traject is gonna give us amazing. Yeah. Main event of collision was the Ring of Honor World Champion and New Japan Strong Open Weight Champion, Eddie Kingston, who is putting all of his titles on the line in this 
uh, tournament versus Brody King of the House of Black. Really strong match. And Brody King gets the win on Eddie Kingston. And that was absolutely wild. Uh, The match was strong as hell. And I love that they went with this immediately. Eddie Kingston, who had literally wrestled in the G1, who had been, like, put everything on the line in this tournament, comes out, faces a badass like Brody King, and they fight tooth and nail, and Eddie loses. And now he starts down. He starts 0-1 at the bottom of the Blue League and has to work his way back with five, with four more matches left uh, in his uh, in his tournament. And he has to be uh, in the top of the bracket, in the top of the league if he wants to be able to make it further in the tournament. So, you know, he's got, he has to pull everything back. And he, he's still got some tough people to face. He's got Claudio, he's got Andrade, he's got, he hasn't even wrestled Danielson yet. So there's a good chance that Eddie could be down bad if he doesn't turn things around. And I love that that's a story for him going into this. Like, this right here, and like uh, Tony Schiavone said, this is what this tournament's all about. It's like setting things up in the tournament, storylines of how guys are going to overcome. And for Eddie, he cut a great promo as well backstage about, you know, maybe I was too cocky, maybe I was too overconfident. And he still said, respectful and win, respectful and loss. I'm going to try to just work myself back up and try to, you know, come out next time and get the win. He's trying to hold himself to be more professional, but I feel like as things go on, if things don't start going Eddie's way, he could become that madman that we know is. Yeah, I really did dig this match. Uh, Brody King is one of those, why isn't he bigger than he is kind yes. of people? Because he is huge and he's an amazing professional wrestler and you want to talk about like you know the, you know they talk about the uh, the eye appeal the look you look at Brody with all those tattoos that size dude's legit 6'6 six, six, you know what I mean it's like he is a giant he is a monster he he looks like a guy you don't like you walk down the aisle, alley Brody King's walking down that dude could be smiling at you and I'm still gonna walk because that dude is that mass that large so that being said this is his spot doing this kind of stuff. I remember when he did the thing where he just kind of choked out Darby and just dropped him over the ring and it was just like, yes, this is the guy that does that, you know? And, uh, yeah, this is the guy that does that. So, I am, uh, looking forward to, uh, Brody King the rest of this tournament. This match with Banger, uh, as far as big meaty, it, it was very much a slapping meat match, but, you know, you don't want to slap meat with Brody. You, you really, you, you really, really don't. don't. You, sh- you, you should try to take his legs out. There's a lot of other strategies. Just going straight at Brody King, not the way to beat him that's what eddie kingston does so it's like look up at a matchup of fighting style yes eddie kingston really fell right into what brody king wanted and that's why he lost the match no so spectacular like i said this tournament was already off to an incredible start and again like i love that they have been doing like new japan-esque social media style promos that they post after uh wrestlers win or lose uh, so check those out too be sure you follow AEW on the social so you see those promos because they are great um, now we can head off into Dynamite from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, where we opened up with a Gold League match starting on the other side of the bracket, where we had Blackpool Combat Club's John Moxley versus Jay Lethal. You can see Lethal was very much upset because you don't get to be have anybody at ringside for this tournament. Everyone is banned, and they wrestled pretty well. And Jay was able to kind of really work and uh, get uh, Moxley's le- leg and work on it. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, Moxley, uh, Lethal after trying to go for the figure four multiple times uh was not able to hold on to it long enough moxley is able to get uh choke on to jay lethal which makes him tap out 
And he is now the first wrestler to get six points. He is 2-0 and to start in the Continental Classic. So he is already well strong and holding himself up. He, with three matches to go, he's already in a good position uh, to start off the tournament. Jay Lethal, meanwhile, is 0-2. It is not looking good to start for him. Uh, and, yeah, obviously I wasn't able to talk about the other matches that were on last week uh, after the, uh, you know, full gear and everything like that. But, yeah, Moxley is already off to an incredible start. Yes, I, uh, I thought this match really good. I think second time I'm pre- uh, yeah. early on when Jay Lethal was in, I think they wrestled. They put on a, a really good match. Jay, uh, I mean, this is Mox, this is Mox doing his best. Mox just wants to go out there. Who guys and guys better? Uh, on most nights, gonna mock. I mean, that that's who he is in AEW. He's the guy. That, he's the, uh, the final boss. That's it. So on a, any given night, you're probably gonna look. Uh, any even night, you're probably gonna lose to Mox. And Jay Lethal gave it a great effort, but you know, Mox is Mox, and it was a good match. And it's and Mox has his style. If you like Mox's style, you're gonna like every match that he's in. He doesn't deviate far away from that. And if you don't like Mox's style, you're probably going to hate everything that he does. So if you love this, the kind of street fighter, do anything to win kind of win, that is what John Moxley is. So, and this was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Moving on, uh, we had Tony Schiavone backstage with Sting and Ric Flair. And Sting talked about how his first world title match in March of 1988 against Ric Flair. And he said they had a 45 minutes commercial free on TV and they went to war against each other. And he said, you know what? That's where they're going to end everything. Just like before, it's going to be at Greensboro in North Carolina where he had his first world title match. He's going to have his final match in wrestling. And Ric Flair talked about how, you know, I'm grateful and honored to be standing by his side. And yeah, Greensboro Coliseum. And that's where they're going to end Sting's career at Revolution on March 3rd. Um, Now, do you want to talk about the... What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today way that people have been about Ric Flair and how he's now gone on to Twitter and really kind of like been like, you know, I'm not trying to ruin anything, but like y'all are being assholes. Like I'll leave if this getting distracted. <clears throat> it's just weird. Like, I just don't understand the way that I've wrestling been... fans act in the way that like Tony, I mean, uh, Ric Flair is just, cause he's been weird on social media too. He's been actively like, you know, talking about the Michigan football uh, controversy and stuff like that. I'm just like, Flair should be not be on Twitter. You are too old for social media. You okay? Let me be first of all. Ageism is a thing, so stop being an ageist. I'm sorry. He's I'm just a, saying. He, I mean, social, uh, media, uh, though, uh, anybody, social media. There's no reason for him to be on it. Anybody can have an opinion. There's a lot of people's twitters I would take away if I could. Oh, Rick, I know. Rick, and then, and the, the list is about a million before. Rick. I've seen the, the dumbest ass posts since CM Punk returned. Just since then, I've seen yes, the dumbest. Yes, I, yes. There's a bunch of people I would take their Twitter away before I do Rick. Well, yeah. yeah, but. Uh, 
Uh, that being said, that being said, because, you know, oh, should be allowed to say what they want. I understand people that have, I un- uh, at this point, I think restating every day is, you know what I mean? At the point, it's there. Fuck, not, that's your business. I can't tell you what you're allowed to, right? I can't tell you're allowed to, you're, you're allowed to be upset. It's just like, this man is here. I mean, he's not in jail. You know what I mean? It's like, you can like, you can not like him personally, but the character on it, I don't get it. I don't get the problem. It's just, no, again, it's, I, I didn't want to make a whole big thing. Yeah, yeah, but like, I, I do, I do. It's definitely like just one of those things. It's yeah, like, wow, yeah. wow, punk left, and all of a sudden people latched on another guy they went on. Yeah, it's the so. Let me say that AEW fan my more socially conscious than W. So signing someone like with his house with every pass is going to come at you a lot harder and in the AEW fan base than it does in the WWE fan base. Who, yeah, who are more likely to just turn on to watch a TV show. Yeah. So I like I said, I'd rather people just go past it. I mean, to me, it's like the dudes on TV maybe what five minutes uh, every couple not hours wrestling yes i don't understand and how. he's literally just there just to be riding you know hey i want to see one of my greatest rivals one of my close friends ride off into the sunset and he just wants to be along for the ride I yeah. think that's fine. Yeah, it's fine. But you know what? You decide your line. You know, you decide what your line is. If, you're, if your idea tried to make a 74-year-old man's life a living hell by tweeting about him every day and tagging him, saying he's a piece of shit, I mean, that's between you. That's between you, you and whoever you are. I can't tell you not to do it. I would prefer you didn't. But me, it's like I'm more of the... I, if he was winning the world title, I'd have a problem. <laughs> you know, like if he was if he was wrestling every week, I'd have a problem with it. But he's he's kind of a mascot at this point in his life, right? Yes, he's, he's he's kind of there. You know, you know. I don't I don't I don't mean that to insult Flair or insult anybody. No. I just think Honestly, if you look at his role in AEW, it's not a huge role. So yeah. Honestly, I don't the know most why. Egregious thing that he the most egregious thing that he's done is just like chill for his uh, energy drink. Yeah, it's like I don't know. I, I, you know, I like Ric Flair, but to the bigger point, you know, Sting announces match Flair. Uh, I will tell you, like, I, I booked my hotel airfare already. Absolutely. I'm going, I'm, I'm flying there. Reason for me, I tell a lot of stories. I mean, I tell a lot of stories about me growing up wrestling. I remember the Clash of Champions, worst Sting's time. And I remember watching my young eye wanting Sting so bad. You know, of course, I think it was a draw. I know he didn't win, right? And, um, and I remember it was on doing WrestleMania. They gave me Clash of Champions free going up against WrestleMania, if I'm understanding, if I remember incorrectly. And I remember we couldn't afford to go to WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it wasn't even a thought. And when I say couldn't afford, it wasn't even a thought. Ordering a pay-per-view, there wasn't, it wasn't even a thought. If we were going to watch WrestleMania, it's going to cause my dad was able to steal it, right? But we weren't going to even order. So we were, like, it wasn't a choice. We were watching Clash of Champions because we couldn't. And mm-hmm. I, I remember it was like a really thing. The excitement and heartbreak and everything. It's like in, in this now, 40 years later, I have not watched that match back. I still remember how I felt watching, right? Mm-hmm. So the fact is, where, you know, you talk about the evolution of fandom where i was this guy that had to watch sitting there with my generic wrestling figures you know watching the show uh, watching the show at home and now i'm going to be 42 
years old in Greensboro watching Sting, my favorite wrestler at that age, wrestle his final match. That just means a lot to me as far as a wrestler fan. The moment's not even here yet, but it's going to rate very highly in my uh, moments. It's it's literally going to be watching a piece of my childhood close, like a chapter of my childhood close. The longest chapter as far as being a wrestler. And so, yeah, I am shout out. Greensboro's the perfect city. Uh, I get to go to North Carolina. I'm going to raise up. I'm going to take my shirt off, twist around my head, spin it like a helicopter. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm all for it, man. It's going to be ecstatic to see that happen. Yeah. Uh, we'll move on, though, to another Gold League match in the Continental Classic. Mark Briscoe versus Roosh. Our first match between two men who are winless in tournament. So somebody's got to come and get their first three points. Or, unless it went to a draw and they would each share one. Um, first of all, there was a point in this match where Mark Briscoe lost his gum, fell onto the canvas, and he literally goes and like eats the gum off the canvas to get it back into his mouth. And Excalibur and Taz couldn't stop laughing. I thought that was an absolutely spectacular match. Uh, Roosh, though, really got a moment to just start like laying in blow to Mark Briscoe in this match. Um, and it was really, really good. And Roosh was able to get on the board, get his first win. So he's now one and one in the tournament. He is got three points to his name. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it was a nice win for, uh, Roosh to get him some momentum. Mark Briscoe now, he and Jay Lethal are 0-2 in the gold league and they got to really try to climb back as things go on. But especially for, uh, Mark Briscoe, he's got maybe one win that he could possibly get. And it's against, uh, Jay Lethal. Lethal, though, meanwhile, Lethal's got, like, a ridiculous lineup ahead of him. He's got Jay White and Roosh that he's going to go up against. And Mark Briscoe's got Swerve and Jay White left over uh, on his side of things. So he's got, these two got hell to pay uh, against uh, their remaining matches. Uh, but I thought Briscoe and Roosh did a solid job in this match. Oh, dude, uh, it has not been this match at all. No, yeah. Roosh seems to be, has he knows who he is, a wrestler, know he is as a character. Very physical. Uh, I've never seen a Mark Briscoe match that was bad or I didn't like or anything. He knows how to, he knows how to do this. And it's a very good, it was a very good match. Like, when you talk about, like, what is AEW? It's like, well, what is a Look at that match. And it's like, it wasn't super flash. It wasn't you guys trying. And I think that is what you're going to need. Yeah, no, for sure. We then have an in-ring promo with uh, MJF still working with his cane. And he talked about how it world's end be Joe, Samoa Joe, and him for the AEW World Championship. And he talked about how I respect what he's done for this industry. He didn't come here to line his pockets, but because he leaves in AEW. Uh, and he said, back in the early 2000s, I remember getting a poster in my mailbox for TNA Wrestling. Turned in, he tuned into TNA, and he saw the Samoan submission machine. And he said how? It was unconventional. Didn't seem to care. Neither did we, though. And he goes, unfortunately, later on in his career, his talents weren't fully recognized and was not afforded an opportunity to be a world champion in WWE. Full on, being like, WWE did not use Joe correctly. I would say later on, they definitely did it when they kept his ass stuck on comments. That, to me, was the craziest thing. I, Joe, I, 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 moments. That was his lasting memory, was being on commentary for... Uh, WrestleMania during the rain delay. I, I, you know what's funnier is that uh, 
I actually was there for Mojo's world title. Uh, yeah. His one world title challenge. One. Great Balls of Fire against Brock Lesnar. That cleverly named Great Balls so of great. Fire. So great. In Dallas, <laughs> Texas. That was Samoa Joe's main event match for Brock Lesnar. That was world title shot. So when he says he didn't get a lot of opportunities, that is not a lie at all. And it, that's the one thing I do like about MJF promo. There's always, it's mostly, it's mostly real. It's mostly just stuff that happened in his life. And he was describing how he found out about Samoa Joe. Uh, he found out about Samoa Joe, and it was very funny. It was very, you know, kind of similar to how I found out about Samoa Joe. I, even weirder, I had seen a match with Samoa Joe in Ring of Honor, right, one night. And dude was kind of bigger, kind of had to, uh, he didn't look conventional. And I was still in my WWE mind. I swear to you, I was with my friend Matt, and I looked at him and said, oh, that guy's never the WWE. Mm-hmm. To Samoa Joe. Like, one guy that would end up being my favorite, one of my favorite wrestlers as we went along in life. When I first saw him, I saw his body, and my brain still so WWE. All I could think, he ain't, and now he's fucked. kind of... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it was the mind. MJF goes on to say, did change how he thought of whatever. Yes, I am one of those tall... He showed me that didn't have to certain way be a legit star. And even then, that night when I saw him, he was doing he was doing his, his foot wash thing, and people screaming, ole, ole. Ole, ole. And, and it was like that he had complete control of the crowd and i was like i was like oh this guy's just kind of an indie star and it was just like what he has developed into that same energy that fans were giving him in this uh place in elizabeth new jersey is the same energy that he gets now on a stage with thousands of people so he proved me wrong so i i, I love that promo because that promo just didn't speak to what was going on now it spoke to a mindset that Samoa Joe had break and what might be his legacy in professional wrestling. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, I love that. Um, as the promo goes on, he talks all about that. Yeah, he mentions uh, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk, Brian Anderson, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Kenny Omega, all of the names that he had to face. The one that he looks back on that says not only that I was lucky to be victorious against, but also lucky to survive was Joe. But he brings that up, and as the, he finishes his promo, the lights go dark. Lights start flickering, and then many in black with all their heads covered and with the devil logo on their back they grab mjf they hold him down and one of them has a baseball bat he's about to use it on mjf and then samoa joe comes out sprints to the ring the feed on tbs i believe this was the case for everybody but the feed on tbs literally dies for a good like 50 seconds feed dies it comes back and a message reads in the shadows our game begins next week mjf and samoa joe you face the unknown in a tag match are you a hero and MJF proceeds to get on the microphone and says, I am so sick of your Scooby-Doo bullshit. And I'm not dealing with your crap when I've got Samoa Joe breathing down my back at World's End. I will take your men out one by one. I will unmask you, coward. And next week, you want a tag match? You got one. And Samoa Joe is not happy. Um, I don't know if the feed dying was intentional or if that was genuinely accidental. But, man, it worked out perfectly. Uh, because I, it left me completely good. But thought it was a pretty solid segment, honestly. And, again, like I said, the, the reveal, this reveal 
like I don't normally try to be like, you know, this has to hit or everything doom and gloom, but like this devil reveal has to it has to they, the way they've built this has been very, very strong. And a reveal like this, like this is gonna have a lot of eyes on it. I really hope this reveals a home run because man, they've done a good job of building it and keeping it a surprise. So I hope this reveals a home run because they've been doing a really good job with this. And I thought this was a continuation of that too. Yeah, it seems like they've plugged their leaks. We don't know who it's going to be. Uh, and I completely agree. <laughs> it's like, this is going to uh, be a game changer. Uh, no matter which way it goes, it's going like it's either going to be the game changer for the negative or for the positive. I, of course, being a fan of AEW, am shooting for the positive. So, yeah. Uh, but this was great. Uh, this was well done. They were all had the devil mask uh, logos on their stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward. For sure. Uh, we had Wardlow come out and beat up AR Fox. Winning again by a powerbomb stoppage um, I would say that's just a match that was on I don't know if we've got much else to add to that I do not nope. no, no, Not at all Not at all. Okay, trio's match The return of Dante Martin As him and Darius Martin Top flight team up with Action Andretti Against the Hardys and Brother Zay I love the moment in this match Where uh, I believe Dante goes to do a springboard He goes to do a springboard And Jeff literally tries to dive towards the apron To grab him before he springboards off I thought that was honestly a really good spot um, and yeah, no, I thought this was a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid, uh, trios match. Nice return for Dante Martin getting the pinfall on Zay. Uh, and yeah, I just thought it was a nice little return. Like I said, only thing I would say is what was your opinion of them showing, uh, Dante's injury multiple times? Cause I saw some people who were like, why did you show me that? I didn't want to see that again. I completely, completely, completely agree. Uh, it was, was completely, say, I, that's exactly, and somebody was, like, somebody was, like, oh was God, there real time. They, like they showed this three is terrible. times. Yeah, this is terrible. I was like, guys, don't do that again, please. It's yeah. like so gruesome to watch. No, no, it it was bad, like bad in every 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 different way of the world. It being bad, it bad. It wasn't something everyone knows what happened. They did not need to show it once, let alone twice. Yeah, so don't do that again, please. I was like, wow, why the hell are we doing this, guys? Like, we know what happened to him. Even if you showed an image of it, would be a bit much, I would say. But like the fact that they showed it in full, full speed ahead, we're gonna go through this twice. No, thank you. I did not ask. Uh, um, but again, very happy Dante's healthy. They go to commercial break and get interviewed. And then as Dante, Darius, and Andretti are being interviewed, Penta, Commander, and El Hijo del Vikingo come out and interrupt it. And they challenge uh, those three to a trios match. Um, and uh, I want to mention, too, just because the, he fits in the group of these guys, um, this trios match is going to be awesome. Uh, but shout out to our boy Bandito. Unfortunately, had to get wrist surgery again. Uh, so hopefully he's able to heal up. Yeah, it just, didn't, it just didn't heal right, which is it crazy. Didn't heal right, and he needed to get surgery again, which is absolutely brutal. Uh, like I said, best wishes go out to Bandito. But uh, this trios uh, tease that they are sh- uh, doing between these six guys gonna be insane like and again this is that type of thing where it's like pro wrestling stuff that aew is really leaned in on and i like it a lot and uh these types of matches this is what aew does so well these guys are going to kill it absolutely and you know it's like is there in in the room i think there's basically room for one sports entertainment company in the world no one does sports entertainment better than wwe that's their brand they invented it that's what they do but pro wrestling there is an audience for 
for pro wrestling. Two men wrestling, the different reason. Two people wrestling. Uh, two people wrestling. Uh, coming up with their, um, you know, coming up, doing their own moves, doing uh, for a reason, fighting for a prize, winner takes all. That kind of professional wrestling. There is a, there is room for. It. There's a market. We we are here. We're the market. I go back to doing what you know how to. Do. Yes, absolutely. Uh, moving on from that, uh, we had the TBS Championship House Rules match between uh, Julia Hart and Emmy Sakura, and uh, so they are doing the house rules for uh, Julia Hart. Only thing I would ask, all the house rules match have always had those, like, the lighting change and stuff like that. You would have not realized that this was a house rules match, I feel like, if they didn't, like, you know, mention it constantly. The house rules matches always have the lighting. I feel like that should remain the same. I don't know about you, but, like, it at least lets me know that this is a house rules match. Absolutely. It, don't water it down. So, exactly. No, and that's in the and the look is so good. It's such a good look, and it, I love it every time. Like, when I was there in Detroit when they did the first house rules match, like, I loved the way the lighting and everything, it felt special. Um, so please keep doing that. Um, Emmy and Julia Hart, though, did a solid job. Julia continuing uh, her second title defense of the TBS championship. Some nice couple wins under her belt. Hopefully we get to find out who eventually is going to be the ones that tries to take out Julia Hart. And um, I assume we're going to get either Sky Blue or Chris Statlander to try to work their way back up to a title shot. Um, so Julia, though, really setting herself up and, like, you know, being TBS champion. And again, she's... She's already been so great considering how young she is and like it's been great to see her grow and uh yeah I, I especially just her entrance already one of the AEW's best I would say. Julia has big star uh big star qualities. I absolutely love that they seem to be really like okay, let's go. We're going all in on her, you know. And and she's going to be not just a homegrown star. She's like, you know, like her first match. One of her first matches were in AEW ring. So, uh with her in the House of Black ever since then, she felt like she was on another level. So I am really, like, looking forward to how they build this up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, we had RJ City. Oh, also, I got to mention, I actually just uh, skipped over this a little bit because um, I know somebody tweeted, uh, Timeless Tony Storm was a backstage being in it, and she had her title belt on her head, and she was, like, so exhausted, and she was fatigued after her championship celebration. But she will be fine, though, next week for her match. And she asked RJ City to remove her uh shoes because i think she said she it wasn't a bunion what was it that she said she had uh i i have no clue i don't all i know is that she asked rj city to take off her shoes and there was a pop for their taking off her and literally i was just like y'all like listen i love love tony storm like she's my girl and i'm not here to kink but the pop for the foot like reveal a bit much in my eye even i'm not on that but i'm not trying to like i'm not trying to yuck your yum i'm not trying to kink shame but a pop for a foot reveal is something i don't normally like I, d- I don't condone you know as a tony storm lover it's not i'm not on that level i'm, I'm insane for tony storm but i'm not on that level i just want to make i want to make that perfectly clear okay I, I, i'm not I, saying it's a bad thing but i'm just saying i, I was like, gonna say uh i'm telling you in that moment i'm sitting there watching and i'm like does rj city have the best job in the world <laughs> I mean, she, I mean, she was, like, sitting on top of him, you know. That's what I'm saying. And, like, you know, I'm and just then, like, like. And then, like, it, it, it carries into what I was, why, why I brought that back up, too, is because Mariah May was backstage. You know, she brought up again how she came from stardom, and she's excited to show AEW what she can do. And um, 
thanking RJ City for being, you know, introducing her to uh, Tony Storm. And literally the joke is now he's RJ Riz City or yeah, like like yeah, Riz uh, J City or whatever, like is his new nickname. Mariah then knocks on Tony Khan's door and then goes into his office. So Mariah May trying to work herself getting into her, her first match in AEW. Um, yeah, so that, that happened, but no, I'm just, I had to comment on the foot thing. People tweeted me about it and I'm like, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's yum, but I'm not okay with a pop for a foot, uh, review. That's all I'm saying. Um, it is what it is, brother. It you is know? what it, it is. is. It, it is what it is. is. Moving on. We move off to Patriarch himself, Christian Cage, TNT champion, responding to Adam Copeland's challenge for the TNT championship. He's got security. He goes, listen, I want to invite the rated R superstar to the ring. No, you're back here. Just want to speak. To, waited a little bit, and he goes like, "I'd like to speak to you if you wouldn't mind." Truck in the truck hit his music. Uh, please. And he goes, "Maybe I should come back there and speak to him." And then that's when Copeland runs down there. Christian gets behind his security and goes, "Management wanted me to have the security. It wasn't my idea. We don't need security. These gentlemen can vacate the ring." And he goes, "Listen, you challenged me to a TNT Championship match." And I'm here to tell you, we're not going to make it to Montreal. And it's because I wanted to say, I'm sorry. I know what you're thinking. I'm only saying that because I'm on an island by myself. Last week, you took out Killswitch. You took out the prodigy, Nick Wayne. He also mentioned, uh, he accidentally called uh, Killswitch Luchasaurus. And I thought, even though even though I think that was a genuine mistake, I like it, though, just because it fit more so with Christian being flustered and trying to really, like, you know, be sincere and apologize when we all knew it was bullshit. I like the fact that he slipped up there because it was like, even though I think it was a genuine slip up, I thought it fit the promos a lot more. He made because, it work. You know, he made exactly, it work. Because he's like, because it's again, he's he's trying to apologize to a man that wants to kill him. And the fact that he slipped up again only gives more credence to the fact that he's lying his ass. Um, so he goes, I was so mad when you hit kill switch with the with two concertos that he ran out of his house and drove with the windows down he's like turned into a road trip of soul search digging down deep trying to figure out how i became this guy who did and said such unsavory things and then it reminded me of those times when we borrowed my mom's car we didn't went we were broke having the time of our lives down the road and we were gonna make it and we did make it. and we went to be multiple times tag team champions the greatest tag team that ever lived multiple time world champions you take the wrestling part out of our relationship and it runs even deeper because we knew everyone knows you grew up with a single mom you never had a father figure yes i am the patriarchy of AEW, but i'm your brother you might not have had a father but in turn my father be father he's still your biggest fan we weren't just two random guys that were thrown together i love you man we are family and listen when your mom passed away a few years ago that was the hardest time of your life sometime before she passed she said what i wouldn't give to see you guys in a ring tagging again one last time you know what let's do it for her let's do it for your mom let's do this and copeland sitting there he turns around and christian with the most like labored like drawn out i'm gonna kill you with my belt attack and it's so bad the cheap shot is absolutely targeted and christian gets hit with a low bulb like adam copeland he goes nice try dumbass and he goes since this belt shine this belt up real nice next week she's coming home with me and oh i almost forgot go fuck yourself tying it all back around what christian said the first time they <laughs> so met. Did, and did, they did, completely did, did. they completely <laughs> fucked up the sense oh my god they completely <laughs> missed oh it they god. censored it like a full five seconds <laughs> Later, they censored. They, they censored Christian's reply, which wasn't a cuss word. And so, 
the national world, families watching together, heard Ed say go fuck yourself on national TV. I fucking loved it. It's amazing. I hope no one gets in trouble. Believe me, but I'm just saying, as that moment, that shocking moment, I will never forget because whoever was on the sensor, there was either delaying the button or that person was just high or something because it was super late. <laughs> it was. You might as well just not press the button. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you might as well, like, literally just been like, you know what? We're just gonna, we're just going to uh, eat the bullet on this one. Yes. Yeah, no, because if there's a fine, they got it. And it, it's crazy. Yeah, no, no it was, no. I, it was I, so like, I don't even know what to do. I don't, so I don't even, yeah, I didn't even do, uh, like, like, shaking on the inside, laughing so hard. I know. Like, even my post on Twitter was, like, six minutes late because I was too busy laughing to actually press the post. I'm like, what? Because it was just so monumental. All you could do was laugh. Yep, all you could do is just be like, holy crap, man, I can't believe that that happened and they completely missed the boat on that. Um, but moving off, um, we have the main event, another Gold League match, Swerve Strickland versus Jay Lethal. Two men who were 1-0. One of them had to take their first loss, and these guys killed it. This match was spectacular. I would say this is best match the Continental Classics had so far. I mean, they absolutely ripped, like, did amazing stuff. Jay White literally, uh, at a point where he almost basically ran into the ref, and then Jay tried to get a low blow, but Swerve proceeds to catch him and set him up for the house call, hit the Swerve stomp, and Jay White still kicks out. And that was spectacular. Um, but even still, he hits the Blade Runner, and he gets knocked out of the ring. And then Jay proceeds to get him back in, uh, and then Swerve goes ahead. He hits the Blade Runner. Well, actually, no, he counters the Blade, and then he rolls up Jay White. He gets the win. Swerve Strickland is now 2-0. and Him and Moxley are top of the gold league with six points jay white falls to one and one so he is now tied with roosh uh in the with three points in the gold league and listen i'm saying this straight up dude i've been like sort strickland he's talked about how he wants to be the he wants to be the number one uh guy and he wants to be the first uh african-american world champion in AEW, and i say he absolutely deserves that swerve strickland is a freaking star he is a star and like i he's quickly become one of my favorites in AEW, and he is spectacular i mean like it's outstanding how good he is and uh i'm the one that i i want swerve to represent the gold league so bad uh and when we get Swerve Strickland versus John Moxley, that right now is my most anticipated match in this entire tournament. Um, because I think, well, actually, that's a lie. I think it's that Swerve and Moxley and Brian Danielson, Claudia. Those are my two most anticipated matches in the tournament. Um, but holy cow, dude, Swerve is outstanding, and just you can see this is a look of a man that is absolutely taken this top spot. Ran. Um, he's absolutely like, he's absolutely locked. It's just, he is. He's locked in. His whole presentation. He knows what his character, who his character, what is the in-ring performance. Never, never been. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the announce team. If I thought during this match, this was some of the best like wrestling sports based analysis ever. Brian Danielson there talking about how Jay White wrestles a more defense style, how the, his style with Swerve is going to work, and how the match is going a little slower. And I was like, I was listening, and I was like, it felt like I in, in this moment, it felt like I was like listening to MMA and someone break it down. It was such a like you know like. 
I don't know if they were doing it for every match, but it just felt like in this match, they really broke down uh, the opponent's strength, why they balanced against each other, and they called it like, this is happening, you know, like, this, they're breaking down a fight, and I just thought that was really, really good. I was really impressed And Danielson was on commentary for all of those yes. matches, too, and he added a ton. Yeah, and it was like, I, and I remember when he was doing the Cruiserweight Classic, how good Brian Daniel, he was oh, amazing. Yeah. So I felt like he brought a little, he brought that into the uh, C2, and I just thought these three matches with Brian Daniel commentary just felt so much bigger. But that match between Swerve and Jay White, man, I thought that they wrestled perfectly. I wouldn't, if you were like, man, who has styles that really work with each other well? I don't know if I ever would have said Swerve and Jay White. And their styles seem to work perfectly against each other even on how the uh, match ended it was just perfect yeah no absolute um great way to close out the show great way to close out dynamite those last two moments dude i'm telling you like having the adam copeland edge promo followed up by that match that last hour of dynamite was spectacular it was so great and the rest of the other matches on the continental classic uh tournament were also great um, but man, dude, I just gotta say that 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 last hour was so good. So just have to mention that. Um, now that is our dynamite pre- preview going through right now. We will go and give our current standings though for the Cotton Classic as they stand right now. Like I said, currently in the Gold League, Moxley and Swerve lead the way with six points with a two and zero record. Uh, Jay Light and Roosh are currently behind, each with three points. They are one and one. Followed up by Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe, both have yet to win a point, get earn a point, and are zero and two. Brody King and Claudio lead the way in the Blue League, each one and zero, and will get their second matches going in uh, this week. And we have two wrestlers who have not fought Andrade, Andrade Alidolo, and Brian Daniels yet to have their first matches, so they sit with no points whatsoever, and they are zero and zero. And then Daniel Garcia and Eddie Kingston are zero and one, also with zero points. So, and we're gonna get those matches as things go on for Collision this upcoming Saturday. Um, as things stand, like I said, currently Moxley still has to go through Swerve, Roosh, and Jay White. Swerve's got to go through Moxley, Roosh, and Mark Briscoe. Roosh has got to go through Mox, Swerve Strickland, and Jay Lethal. And that's how, and then Mark's got to go through all the other, and like, basically, you know how that goes right. And then, uh, we'll go ahead and give our previews for Rampage. Uh, Rampage, we're going to have the Outcast and Anna Jay. So Soraya and, uh, we're going to have Soraya and, uh, Ruby Soho face off against Hikaru Shida, Sky Blue, and Chris Statlander. We're going to have Brian Cage and the Workhorseman versus Penta, Commander, and El Hio Del Vikingo. So ahead of their trios match that they're going to have against, uh, Top Flight and uh, Action Andretti. Don Cal's family is going to be in action. Another eight, a big eight-man tag. Orange Cassidy, Hook, Danhausen, and Trent versus Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and Ange. And the Dark Order. So we're going to have uh, not a Dark Order being represented by uh, Evil Uno and, uh, oh dear God, who is, uh, why am I blanking on his name? Why am I blanking on his name? Okay, you said, okay, whose name are we, I mean, like. It's not Evil Uno, but it's not, it's not Evil Uno and it's not. Uh, Alex uh, Reynolds? Alex Reynolds, that's what it was. Yep, okay. thank you. Because it, was, it wasn't, it wasn't John Silver and it wasn't oh, it was Alex. That's, I was just blanking on it right now. Um, so that's Rampage. On Collision, we have continued. Continue with the Blue League. Claudio versus Brody King. So they're going to be facing off. The top two members in the Blue League face off. Uh, Brian Danielson uh, versus Eddie Kingston. Daniel Garcia versus Andrade Ali uh, will be taking place on Collision. Um, and one last thing, too, I want to mention, too, before I toss this off to Floyd, just to give his thoughts on things coming up. Billy Starks finally turned on uh, Athena. And we have the official announcement that at Final Battle... 
Billy Starks versus Athena versus Ring for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Hell yes, my girl Billy Starks and my girl Bill, uh, Athena. Like I love both of those. And their story that they've had on Ring of Honor has been a lot of fun. Athena is like one of the best things in Ring of Honor, and these two I think are going to kill it. So I just want to mention that. So yeah, if, yeah. if you have any reason to turn in, tune into Final Battle, tune into those two. And Athena literally cut a promo giving Eddie Kingston shit, basically for the way that he called out Ring of like stuff too. So he called, she called out Eddie Kingston, which I thought was awesome. Yeah, um, it's time for her, and I, you know, I, it's not the way to say it, but it's time for her to call. Yes, she needs to be on Dynamite and Page. That's what I'm her, saying. Uh, she's done her run in Ring of Honor. She's been the king, uh, uh, king in Ring of Honor. She's ran the division. She's put it on her back. But it's time for her to move up. In, Give uh, Billy in Starks the, the big rub of taking down Athena, and then bring Athena up to the main roster and bring her up to Dynamite and and Collision all. And all of that, because she's spectacular. Yes, absolutely. Um, but currently, though, Floyd, give me your thoughts currently about the way that things stand for the Continental Classic and our upcoming matches that we're going to have on, ramp, on on Collision for the uh, Continental Classic. Dude, I think it's, uh, when I look at it uh, on on the Dynamite side, uh, I, I mean, I think it's all leading to Mox and Swerve. I think, th- I just truly think they'll both be undefeated going into their match against each other, which I think will be the last match, and the winner will win the block. And and on the other side, I don't know what the hell they're going to do. I mean, you got King and he, you know, uh, fighting he's the underdog. You know, everyone loves him because he's the underdog. So fighting from that underdog spot is amazing. And then Brian Danielson, it's like, man, if you, you want to have the first ever Triple Crown uh, champion, you know, whose name would bring more prestige That's to the thing, because I look, I look at the Blue League yeah, and it's so hard to see who comes out of the Blue League. Yeah, and it's like... Gold you, League it seems like it's a little bit more, like sewn up that it's yeah. gonna be mox and swerve maybe yeah. jay i think like in that group in in the uh the collision group as i think all like all of the guys could accept Nate garcia i don't think garcia i don't think his time i don't i just don't think that's a book but i think you go with eddie king's fine brian daniels fine claudio <laughs> fine brody king fine i mean personally i would like to see brody king win because i do think you could just turn him to make a star but it depends like you're gonna set the tone term if it's mox and brian Dane, i think that's amazing match, but in the end, it's boring. You know what I mean? It's just spec. Yeah, and plus we've seen it before, yeah. thing, I would say. For for this tournament, you need to have a match that people either haven't seen in a very long time or something that we haven't seen before. Yeah. I can't have the BCC run the Continental Classic. I just can't. Yeah, and we haven't seen Mox and Kingston in a long time. I heard someone say it could come down to Mox and Kingston. That I was, it's possible. Man, that would be fun. And that, I, that, that, to me, even though that's a few that we've seen, but the fact that it could come down to that, especially considering that Eddie has got so much more to lose. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's Mox Swerve in that first group and, like, uh, that, no, I think it's them, and I think start there. And then, in the other group, I, I think it's, like, four people, but I think it'll end up in, uh, uh, Brian Danielson or Eddie King. I'm gonna go, you know, so, I am liking how they're working out. I love that. I just thought that was I know. It's, it's a great hey. way, and that's the thing. It works so much more for Eddie. He's, even though he already has the titles and he was considered a favorite, him taking the early loss is exactly what a tournament like this it's great story to work off of like i said i thought that was a great moment on collision that they saw i want to give big shout out to that and i'm excited to see how he how he fares when uh he goes up against uh brian daniels you know what'll pop me saturday like a beyond like the dumbest thing ever is if brian daniels comes out and fan oh my god because he still has to protect the eye 
I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would be spectacular. Absolutely. Um, one last thing I want to mention to you, uh, because it wasn't written on our notes, but I want to mention it. Uh, Serena Deeb uh, posted on her Instagram, basically, at expressing why she's gone. And Scroll she suffered. You, oh, did not, you did not scroll down far enough. Oh, did I not? Look at the additional news. Oh, you did put it down there. Holy crap. Yeah, there's yeah. an extra page. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I did not see it. Okay, I literally saw the can, page. You know what? We can talk about it now, but yes. yeah, we'll just go. Th- we'll just go to that right now because uh, I want to just. It popped up on my feed again, but like, and cut. Plus, Serena Deeb has been one of my favorites uh, for the women's division, and I was constantly saying, "Where has she been? Where has she been? Where has she been?" She told us first. Uh, Floyd, do you want to go ahead and let everyone know? Yes, Serena Deeb. I actually watched the video. She has three unprovoked seizures. So it's basically seizures that uh, come out of nowhere. Uh, last know, October, since yeah. last. October. That's why I'm wrestling. She's been working with a neurologist. She finally is fish come back. So no, uh, she wasn't in the doghouse, which is a report I heard. No, terrible. Uh, no, I heard that report, and it's just like no, she wasn't in the doghouse. Now I want to use this as a time. I'm glad it's better. I'm sorry we've had every, but come on, shout out to hate man. Come on, you want to talk about keeping private shit private? I didn't hear this from anywhere. Not a word from anybody. Come on. Tell me, like, taking care of people, right? I like, I, I didn't, an ink, ink, my friends, friends, all those, I haven't heard anything that she, uh, not feeling well. So, uh, you know, going through this and, and I'm glad she got to control when the information came. I'm glad she got the control. She got to do it all. This is the way it should be done with this kind of, he was able to handle it and able to come out with the information. They, you know, ignore the rumors. So I am so happy that Serena's feeling better. I'm happy, uh, I'm happy that she's getting back. It's safe for her to get back and I'm looking forward to watch her because I've always enjoyed her uh in absolutely i mean serena deeb has been i love her and it's not just because she was in the ss she had literally had one of my favorite women's feuds in her and car she was one of my favorite women's feuds one of my favorite feuds period and i missed her tremendously um so i'm glad that she's cleared that's scary as hell to have that happen um I hope, i'm very happy that she's doing okay though i cannot wait to see her back on tv uh and uh remaining in other uh news too uh floyd we have one last news we have a parting from yes and qt marsh finishing up with aew i uh let me read his statement thank you aew thank you tony khan i've had the privilege day one and i've written over 750 formats for all elite wrestling and always with pride as much as i've enjoyed being a vp uh manager of talent relations and wearing a myriad of hats the company has changed a lot since 19 and is heading in a different direction and i feel that it's best i do the same as we only get one chance to go all in i officially resigned from AEW and have fulfilled all my obligations by the end of 2023 thank you to everyone from the front office to the production truck to some of the hardest working talents in the sport most importantly thank you to all to boo cheered and took part in seized my life so yeah so a lot of i have always heard qt is the hardest working person in AEW that doesn't like ask for any credit or anything works hard heads down i know at one point tony khan's right hand like person he went so uh if that's the case great like i uh i say no but you know room rumors and then you whatever um but yeah qt's been there from the beginning uh you know he's always been there and he's always been a hard worker i thank him for his time there uh i've heard people speculating what this means inside aew you know aew's burning qt's gone but you know what 
again, wrestling's wrestling. Professional wrestling's wrestling. It moves on. People switch jobs. People move on. He decided, you know what? I need, I, I can uh, do something somewhere else. You know, whatever. He runs the Nightmare Fact. He does all this stuff. This dude wears, yeah. he did this dude wears ha- more hats than people have heads. You know, it's like you can't, you, all he does. So you can, there's no telling what he's going to do next, but uh, I wish him the best. You know, he l- helped launch AEW. Uh, like I said, he started as one thing and <laughs> then ended up being so much more. So shout out to QT. Thank you, QT. Uh, yeah, I, I wish you I wish you the best in whatever you do. Next. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he did a lot for AEW, um, and I assume like yeah, him going back to do continue stuff with the Nightmare Factory will be spectacular. Um, and dude, he he was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun uh, with. Uh, I, I, I personally enjoyed QTV. I was all about QTV. QTV gave me Harley Cameron for the first time, so yeah, thank yeah. you very much for that. I got to hear her rap. Uh, and you know, yes. you know, and the whole thing was, you know, I heard about QTV like different rumors than you and those. I'm talking about rumors, none of it maybe, but I heard about the whole QTV supposed to help launch Powerhouse Hobbs. We were very open about that Powerhouse Hobbs seems bigger than QTV. We were, uh, oh, young, significantly! Really, yes. Like I, I didn't think that was the best spot. It is what it is. I, you know, all I've heard is the wrestling genius, hard worker. You know, I think he's a really good wrestler. He's obviously a fantastic trainer. This dude is good at pretty much everything he does. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think he he'll be an asset wherever he goes. No question about that. But I believe that is everything that we have, though, in terms of news and everything for all things elite. Um, and yeah, I think that'll do it for us, guys. Thank you, guys, so much for tuning in. Apologies for me missing out on Full Gear's uh, pre- review, but if you want my thoughts, spectacular show. Swerve Strickland is a star. That match was unbelievably incredible. Um, and yeah, the rest of the show filled with a lot of great stuff. Julia Hart, star-making performance from her as well. Um, and yeah, and Young Bucks are no longer on my TV until they come back as heels. And I'm excited for when they come back and they aptly become some of the biggest heels in the company because I think they will be spectacular. Um, I also love Brandon Cutler being their sources, say, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that's funny. So I'm excited to see when they come back, though, after they had their tamper, temper tantrum after they lost to the Golden Knights. So those are my quick little thoughts, though, on uh, Full Gear, if anybody was curious. But it was a really, 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 really good show. AEW continuing the great shows that they've had, focusing in on pro wrestling, even though CM Punk couldn't come back, which I know everybody, well, at least we wanted, but, you know, just wasn't meant to. um, But it's okay. Everything will be okay. But thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Leave a rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex, make this show possible, and you can check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Enjoy wrestling, everybody. And, yeah, I will pass things off to Floyd on this eventful episode of All Things. Well, if you're listening to uh, this show, uh, you're obviously a AEW. I'm going to ask a tiny favor. Go to shop AEW. Show to shop AEW.com. Search for your favorite wrestling. You know, support your company. Support your favorite wrestling. And then I'm going to ask you to do one more weird thing. Find your third favorite rest. Buy something. <laughs>
<laughs> it's like, no, I, I really am. I mean, that's how you show support in wrestling. Uh, you have your song. You have everything. That's all great about your favorite. But buy the stuff. I mean, uh, I just put in the order, and I, I made sure the order didn't have anything FTR. And, every, and you know, that's the weirdest thing to say, but shit, I support the shit out of FTR. They're my favorite tag team. So I pretty much have most of what they have out there. So I just, I want to really look at supporting the other guys. Buy some Definitely buy Swerve. It's all fire. Uh, and, you know, support the people that you uh, watch every week. Show that it's the way you vote. You vote with your dollar. You vote with your time. You vote with your dollar. So if you want your favorite wrestlers uh, on there more, you know, vote with your time. Vote with your dollar, uh, dollars. I did want to address one thing. Tony Khan's people were off uh, off crazy. Uh, went crazy because Tony Khan said, put your money where your mouth. Watch. Watch the product that you say you want. And I'm like, I, I never even saw a problem. Watch the product that you say you want. It's like you, people scream for a certain type of wrestling and then you'll look at the ratings numbers and it'll the segment will drop. It's like, vote with your eyes. Vote with your time. Vote with your dollar. Get what you And as we head till this is the downstretch of Christmas, I want to say all of you have a Merry Christmas. Don't stress yourself out too much about buying things. Uh, sometimes just being there, being with your family, sometimes a lunch date or something, that's enough. Time, time is the commodity that you can give to anybody that you love in your life and they will appreciate it. We all have stuff. I mean, some have more stuff than other stuff. But the one thing that you, one thing that you can't buy, one thing you can't is that time, those moments that you build when you're just hanging and being with your family. So do that. Send out your Christmas cards. Buy your Christmas gifts. Whatever you can afford. Don't spend more than you can afford. And last but not least, whether it is home or work or school, always do your best to be elite. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.